This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yi Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. Every week on this show, we dive deep into an aspect of food in Malaysia, from speaking to chefs and restaurateurs about their restaurants, to exploring the origins of certain dishes, to geeking out over tasty discussions with food friends or experts. Our guest on the show today is Fei Cheng, who started Miat and Potatoes, an online kitchen where you can get amazing Burmese food. Faye started Miat and Potatoes as an initiative to help out her Burmese friends and cooks to earn some side income during a time when many have lost their jobs. And through their small business, they are really sharing this underrepresented cuisine across the Klang Valley, winning hearts with iconic Burmese dishes like Mohinga and Lapetok, which you'll definitely be hearing more about. So without further ado, here's Faye. Hi Faye, welcome onto the show. Hi Jun. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to come on to today's show. Just to start with, I would like for you to just give us a brief introduction to what Miat and Potatoes is about. Uh, well, okay. Uh, Miat and Potatoes was actually uh, started out because as a means to help some of my Burmese friends and some ex-staff to make some extra income uh, during the pandemic. Well, what happened was they um, they really they, they really want to do something, but they wasn't sure they were not sure what they want to do. So when they uh, shared a bit of what they have in mind, so I told them uh, that I can actually come in because number one, they probably um, have shortcomings in terms of uh, co- communication. So I told them I will be able to I will come and help them with uh, that area with uh, social media with, mm. with and sharing with uh, people what little followers I have on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and you've done a, a brilliant job, I must say. And and the, the food itself is amazing, but we'll save a bit of the dishes and the flavor for a bit later in the show. But yeah, when did it start, actually? It well, um, it actually started uh, in sometime in June. The idea was conceived in June, uh, but it took a, a while for me to uh, really... Um, get into uh, going about it because uh, it is also something very new to me. I'm actually not very, very savvy in terms of social media. So uh, embarking on something that is totally out of my comfort zone was also quite daunting. So it did take a while, but we did officially finally get it started in July with some help from some people who helped me to set up my Instagram account, uh, to do the logo. Uh, partly, I have to thank my goddaughter who actually was helping me with it. Um, those those uh, logos and whatever that you see on Instagram was actually designed by her. Right. And how big is the team currently? It's only five of them. Ah, got it's it. It's only got five it. of them. But the best thing is everybody chips in. Um, they are very, uh, they're very united. They, they are just very happy that they get to do something. Imagine if they were to just sit at home, you, you can't go out uh, during that time, it's like strictly MCO. It was mm. something that they could actually put their heart and soul into and they are happy to share. And you can see the happiness and, you know, the joy they project when they were just peeling onions. You know, the, the, the camaraderie is really, really very good. 
Mm, mm. And and it probably helps that you know they are making the food of their own heritage in their own country as well. Yeah. Yeah, they were actually very surprised. I I mean, I've tasted the food that they cook throughout uh, throughout the years, and I really enjoyed it. It's, it it was something that I I really like, and I've actually uh, had several dinners with uh, serving Burmese food to friends. Of course, never commercially, so to speak. So this sort of gave me an opportunity to just start something and uh, help them share Burmese food to the to Malaysia or the mm. Klang Valley. I would say. Yeah. And so you, I saw that you started with uh, the iconic uh, Burmese dish, or sometimes people refer to it as like their version of laksa, but really it's their, a dish on its own. Uh, that was the Mohingya, right? Yes. Yes. That was probably my first exposure to uh, Burmese food. What happened was um, we got this guy coming around uh, our, our shop selling. I mean, he's just a petty trader. So he came by with packets of Mohinga and I was, uh, my staff were actually buying from him. So I was curious. I bought one to try. It was nice, but of course, uh, being famous, famously Burmese, it was full of MSG, which is something <laughs> that they can't seem to live without. And of course, um, it was it was a very I think it was basically uh, cooked for the Burmese workers, so they weren't they weren't using very very uh, good products. So what I did was I tried it and I spoke to one of them to see whether they can recreate something with better ingredients, and they say they did. So what happened was I started you uh, substituting the fish. Uh, I mean, traditionally they use catfish, and then you know catfish. It's actually quite fishy to a lot of uh, the Chinese, especially, who, who always demand for fresh fish. And also, uh, ikan curry is something that I don't think a lot of us know how, know how to appreciate. I, I love it personally. I'm fine with fishiness. I, I, I don't mind. But I do understand, especially from my experience as a restauranteur, there are certain things that uh, the general public can't take. And ikan curry is one of them. So I decided to swap with a better quality fish. And then from there, I, I liked it. And I actually have, uh, like I said earlier, had several uh, dinners, which I invited friends, and they all seemed to love it. Mm, right. For, for those who haven't tried it before, can you describe the dish to us? And, and uh, maybe you can tell us a bit about how, how it's made as well. Uh, well, it's actually uh, it, it's, it's a very subtle dish, which I think also, sadly, a lot of Malaysians are not used to subtle dishes. Because uh, you like uh, strong flavors, right? <laughs> exactly. But there's no point having something very strong flavored uh, when it comes to fish. Because once it's too strong flavor, you're covering the, the, the essence of the, the, the fish. Mm. So the gist is to... I think, I, I think uh, we should actually allow, uh, allow some form of um, chance when you first eat this, when you first drink the soup. Don't automatically just think it's bland. Just give it some time to develop the flavor. And then from there, you will actually really be able to appreciate it. You know, Malaysians, the problem is, you know, the first thing, even before the food is on the table, they will be asking for chili sauce, soya sauce, <laughs> you know. They haven't even tasted the, 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 the dish yet. It's, I, I think it's part of puzzle of, um, I think, Malaysian, the, how they eat which I thought it was a bit strange. I mean, I, I, I would think that you should try the dish first. Mm, if it, yeah, it's not yeah, flavorful enough, then you add it on, right? But it seems to be the reverse for a lot of people. Before they even start, I've seen people putting sambal, soya sauce into the dish, you know, before they even start eating it. So imagine if, if a chef were to look at you eat, I think he would be heartbroken. 
Oh no. <laughs> yeah, like, luckily these are all like ordered back home so <laughs> no one will see you add things. Yeah. But so this is a very subtle flavor, right? But what what goes in it besides the fish? Okay, uh it's well based, uh, a lot of uh, onions, shallots, uh turmeric, lemongrass, um and of course uh, dal. Um you know, they 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 actually do incorporate a lot of uh, Indian Indian beans, lentils into their food. Things mm. like chicken dal and so dal is one of the ingredients. So basically no santan. Okay, and uh, fish, of course, uh, that's the uh, the base stock. Uh, yeah, and it's simmered for at least uh, four hours with the with the fish and the onions. Yeah, and I I ordered and and tried it, and it was really really good. I had mohinga before, uh, maybe just once or twice before, and I think maybe out of the three times, this is the best one that I've had, <laughs> which is maybe not not saying much, but it was really, really good. I, I, I totally enjoyed it. I didn't think that the um, broth itself was bland or subtle in any way. In fact, I, I thought on first, like, sip, it was very robust and very hearty and comforting. Yeah, it was a very good dish to, to have, like, on a, on a cold, rainy afternoon or something like that. <laughs> That's why the saying came around, Mohingas are made, uh, what, mornings are for Mohinga. There was this famous book by Brian Cole, which I always remember, uh, mornings are for Mohingas or something, because ah. it's essentially a Western thing. Right, right. Before we continue our conversation, we are going to take a quick break. Stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. Let's pick up where we left off. I've been speaking with Fei Cheng from Miat and Potatoes. We've been talking about how Miat and Potatoes started and raving about the iconic mohingas that they serve. And we're just going to continue our conversation about Burmese food and about yet another iconic dish. So, besides uh, the mohinga, you also have the Burmese uh, salad, right? Which is called, and I might be butchering the name here, lapeto. Is that yeah. it? Yeah, it's, mm. they actually emphasize that it's supposed to be lapeto, not top. But took something. I, I mean, I'm not Burmese, so I, I, I it, it sounded mm. more like took rather than took. <laughs> yeah, and and that's also a very iconic dish there, right? Yes. Can you tell us what it's uh, what's it about? I think those uh, mohinga and lepeto is probably the most famous uh, export uh, from Burma. It's, mm. it's actually fermented tea leaves. Uh, of course, the tea leaves is fermented over six months uh, and for six to nine months, it depends on uh, the grade and the type. So it, uh, they we, we don't ferment the tea leaves because number one, we don't have the expertise. So we, uh, we actually do uh, import them from, uh, from Burma. Okay, and but what we do is we actually do flavor them. We flavor them with, uh, you know, the usual flavoring with oil, and that's why it gets a bit oily. But generally, the Burmese seems to like their food oilier than us. So initially, when we first started uh, serving that, uh, we actually did have a lot of feedback saying that it was uh, too oily. So what we did was we actually cut down. So what you are eating is actually a bit more Malaysianized, not so, not so, not how the Burmese <laughs> would have uh, eaten it. Um, yeah, and then of course it has got. Uh, what I noticed is they are actually very, very um, 
healthy in, in terms of what they eat, they have a lot of salads in their food. So mm-hmm. you have your, of course, uh, cabbage being the most popular uh, uh, vegetable. So the Le- pet talk actually has the have uh, cabbage, your uh, tomatoes. And I think the beauty about their, their dishes is there are a lot of texture. Mm, you know, it's just yeah. one flat thing. You know, you've got your crispiness, you've got your oil, everything, sweet, bitter, everything in one dish. That's what makes it so perfect. And the first time I ate the pet talk was like, it's strangely nice. I can't say it's wonderful. <laughs> it's nice. It's something very strange about it. You can't put it quite together and you can't really stop eating it. Ah. Yeah, and as it grows into you, you, you actually begin to like it more and more. Right, right. Yeah, I, I guess because like the flavor of fermented tea leaves is something that Malaysians are, are not exactly familiar with. But we know like, you know, it's a veggie and, and like we drink tea. So maybe there's that connection there that makes it like strangely almost addictive for us. Yeah. But I'm actually glad those people who have actually discovered me and potatoes are people who really, really appreciate food and they they really enjoy. I've got, I've got some of your colleagues who has been buying from us. Uh, mm, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, and they absolutely love it. They actually text me personally. I mean, uh, texted. Uh, uh, I mean, WhatsApp me and potato and tell them tell us how they enjoyed it. So it's so nice when we get feedback like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but besides that, how has the business been o- overall? Like, did you expect the response that you've been getting, or has it like exceeded your expectations? Well, initially, it's it, I I was quite shocked by the. The response I got, uh, we were doing really, I, I suppose because it was something new and uh, everybody wanted to try. But well, it sort of tapered off now. So now that's where the hard work comes in. We have to do a lot more sharing, a lot more, um, well, talking to people on how I, I can scale mm. this a little bit better for the boys. But initially right. it, was, it was really good. I, we, could, we couldn't keep up with the demand uh, for the first in, Ju- uh, in July. July was really, really good. Well, of course, in August, it sort of like slowed down and uh, that's when... I have to put on my thinking caps and to think of ways to help scale. And of course, talking to various people and also helping getting some influencers. Like uh, Dinesh from Trey has been very, very helpful. Every time I send him something, and he's, he's got very big followers. So I've got a fair bit of uh, followers from his side. Yeah, so I'm also trying to, to identify um, whom, whom I can work with. So mm. these are all work in progress. Yeah, yeah, and and I think this project is is a great one, you know, how helping out these people, um, and and your friends, and and during this really tough time. But thinking about the future, like, what are your plans for for meat and potatoes? Like, do you intend to uh, have this go on for uh, the next few months? Maybe even start like the restaurant dining place. Is that in the plans at all? Initially, the plan was just temporary until they all find uh, uh, gainful employment. But they all seems to be enjoying it and uh, not really actively going out to look for a job. <laughs> so we may have this for a couple of mo- more months. But who's? I I wouldn't say no. I I never say never. So you never know. I mean, if you really catch catches on, if I can find a working a working um, formula, you know, um, why not? It might mm. I might because I've got this really, really very uh, skillful people with me. They are really, really very good. They have been in Malaysia for the last 18, 20 years. They, they know everything about Malaysian cooking, you know, the, our culture, how we work, and they're very, very hardworking. So they are, they are a gem. They are such wonderful people to work with. 
Mm, yeah, that's really great to hear. And and I guess like when it comes to the cooking itself, since they've been in Malaysia for so long and since they know Malaysian's uh, palate, I, I, I guess it's easy for them to like bridge the gap as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm. And also, um, I, I think a lot of, a lot of um, fear that when we first uh, told people that, uh, told the public that we're actually running it from a home kitchen and then it's uh, immigrants. So the first thing is like, oh, the living condition is bad. Are they clean? So I can uh, I can vouch for it because I'm there literally every day when they cook. This they are so in tune with Malaysians. They know exactly and uh, how to go about it. They're clean. So I think don't have to worry about uh, in terms of uh, how clean they are. They 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 are. They every everything is properly done uh, above board. They wear gloves. They they wear, they do whatever they're supposed to do, and they are all fully vaccinated. So in, in that way, I, I, I think you, you can be rest assured that, uh, uh, that everything is, is, is done as, with mu- as much care as we can. Mm, and I can definitely vouch uh, on the flavor side of things as well, because the dishes I had were something that people can really hardly find in, in Malaysia and Klang Valley. And I was really surprised and, and I really enjoyed my meal. And so... Yeah, we've come to the end of the interview. Um, but for people who would love to find out more about uh, Miat and Potatoes, where can they find you and where can they order Burmese food? Okay, uh, we no, the only social media platform that I'm uh, handling down for them is actually Instagram. So just our our Instagram handle is Miat and Potatoes. Uh, you have you will get our WhatsApp number there. So uh, you just order from the link. We, we would want to do it on a daily basis, but unfortunately, because uh, we are also trying to cut down our wastages, that's why we only do pre-orders uh, for Mohingas. But the other things, the other stuff, uh, we can actually do it on a daily basis, but then it's actually quite difficult when you tell people, when they come, they order, and you tell them that we don't have Mohinga, we have the, the rest. So it's actually quite difficult to, to, mm. to comprehend. So that's why we decide to have a fixed day for fixed, fixed day. So we normally have it on uh, like four times a week. Three or four times a week depends on. Uh, but when there is bar order, what we we do have actually very supportive uh, uh customers who let's say when they have a party they will order like twenty packs. Like uh, I have a recent customer who actually wanted to um to reward their memory uh, staff. They actually order like forty five packs. Oh wow! To to mm. give it to their memory staff. So yeah, uh, well of course we have a bar. We don't mind opening up a day just specifically to do it. But it's not that we are trying to be uh, haughty or, or what, but it's just to cut down on wastages. Yeah, there's no point making two and then you, you know, it's difficult to make commercially two, two, two portions of Mohingas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it is it's like a big pot thing, right? And yes, then you almost yes. spend the whole day working around right, it. Right. Yeah. And just to clarify, that's uh, Miat and Potatoes. That's M-Y-A-T and, yes. and Potatoes. Cool. Well, thanks so much for your time, Faye. And uh, thanks for sharing about Miat and Potatoes. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. That is all for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or on the BFM app. And if you're hungry for more food news and fun recipes, you can keep up to date with me on Instagram. I'm at Jun and Tonic, that's J-U-N dot A-N-D dot T-O-N-I-C. This is Jun signing off. You've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.